Coming to you from the land down under, just west of Brisbane in Queensland, this is the Gel Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Tractor, a former soldier who'd love to see airsoft legal here one day, but just happy that Gel Ball exists. We talk about Milsim, we talk about Gel Ball, we talk about anything related to it. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about what most people call Op4. Some call them the bad guys, some call them the red team. Hey, whatever you call them, in my terms though, we'll call them militia for the upcoming extinct predator Milsim. In our Milsim, we're having basically a conventional peacekeeping or peacemaking force. It will have normal military units and operate very conventionally. The opposition to them will be a well-trained militia. So what exactly is a militia? Let's use an abridged version of the Wikipedia definition, as it suits me the best to use in this episode, to explain how we use a militia as the opposition. A militia is generally a group of non-professional soldiers, citizens of a nation or subjects of a state, who can be called upon for military service during a time of need. As opposed to a professional force of regular full-time military personnel, or historically, members of the warrior nobility class, such as knights or samurai. Generally, they are unable to hold ground against regular forces in normal combat. It is common for militias to be used aiding regular troops by skirmishing, holding fortifications, or irregular warfare or unconventional warfare tasks. Now, to make this definition a bit more interesting for those not from the United States of America, and I'll quote directly here, the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Interesting. So you can imagine in the US, a militia is part of the fabric of that country in a way it is not elsewhere. Other countries use army reserves or air force reserves or even civil defence in that manner, but they don't have an enshrined militia. So our militia at Eastern Predator is the citizens of Astana. Some may have been soldiers in the past and some are just everyday folk, but they are united to meet a military aim. They form together to stop the peacekeeping force and they have their own aims and aspirations for Astana. Unlike a regular force, they are not bound by the laws of war in the same way and in terms of the Geneva Convention, it does not inform their commanders on how to conduct their operations. Militia units do not have access to things like air forces or naval support, so it changes their MO to insurgency and irregular styles of combat. You'll find militia doing everything they can to frustrate the task force. They'll harass and use subterfuge and spies. They certainly won't be seen wearing a distinguishing uniform. Instead, they'll do everything they can to look like a general member of the public. This gives them a freedom of movement, even when in direct view of the task force. Obviously, if they go around with guns blazing, they will get into fights with the task force. But I think they'll be using their skills to hide them or not carry them openly. In terms of logistics, militia don't have trucks and queue stores, so they'll improvise and use raids to get some of what they need, or they'll use whatever improvised items are at hand. Imagine using a stick of dynamite instead of a grenade, for example. The other thing they have at home is a home ground advantage. Everyone in Astana has lived side by side with these people their whole lives. So there's a vested reason to align with the militia if you are a member of the civilian population. 
In terms of the coalition, they'll have to do what coalitions have done in many countries and try to win the hearts and minds of the population. Now, all of this is great, but people in their own mind will say, hey, I want to be the good guy riding in on my stallion to rescue a stallion. And that's fine. But an alternate view might be to think of Astana as Australia and as this peacekeeping coalition has foreign troops coming into our land. Would this influence how or why you might play as a militia member? The things you might do? Or think back to the game Halo. First couple of games it was awesome playing as Master Chief or Spartan 117. But later on, being able to play as the Arbiter, a Covenant Elite, with slightly different strengths and weaknesses, was also a lot of fun too, wasn't it? Maybe I can suggest something to you here. Go and watch either version of the movie Red Dawn, either the one from the 80s or the one from a couple of years ago, or the Australian movie and TV series Tomorrow When the War Began. They're probably free on streaming services that you're subscribed to right now, and they can give you an appreciation for how a militia might work at Eastern Predator. However, granted, not everyone is going to want to play militia because of some of their apparent weaknesses, but also consider their strengths, such as non-conventional operations, operating in smaller teams, using subterfuge, mixing in with the civilian population so it's harder for the coalition to work out who you are and engage you. Influencing the actions of locals by bribery or other nefarious means. These are things that a coalition force would never do. So I put this to you. In our games, we as the command team don't make a judgement on who is good or bad. We just have two teams that operate in opposition. Personally, if I had the chance, I'd play militia myself. Because I've been on real operations and seen conventional peacekeeping under the United Nations. So for me, playing is the exact opposite of that, and imagining myself as a wolverine is quite attractive. So I hope this helps people understand a bit more about the militia in my games. I just want to quickly touch on other forces, because it gets asked quite a bit. So in future games, later on, we will also include things like contractors or PMC, private military contractors. There's a lot of interest in the public about how these companies operate in a war zone, as they're basically a corporate version of mercenaries. And the lines about what they can and can't be used for is starting to get blurred, especially in the Middle East. There are also other factions which we'll introduce later, but the inclusion of all of these is why we have very set rules on what the militia can and can't wear, and be equipped with during Eastern Predator. Please let us try this no camo militia concept, and if it doesn't work in this game, we'll piss it off. We'll change, and we'll say the militia can wear traditional militia equipment. But let's see how it unfolds, and we'll include other factions that will have very specific equipment, so that IFF, or Identify Friend of Foe, is very easy. If you think back to World War I or World War II, you knew who was German just by looking at their uniform. And that's what we want to achieve at Eastern Predator. We know by looking at somebody in multicam that they're on a certain team, and we know by looking at somebody that's a civilian, they're not a member of the coalition. And it's a very quick snap decision in your mind. Hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast today. I've been Tractor, and thanks for tuning in. It's a very quick, sharp one this time, and feel free to bump me on Facebook 
or leave a review on iTunes and tell me what you want to hear next time. Thanks, and talk to you next time. Thanks for listening this far. If you've listened right till the end, remember these code words. It's the letters M-S-E-V, and that'll become apparent in a competition later on.